watching your one piece. We are! Hello, and welcome back to We Are Watching One Piece. It's me, I'm Jory. I watched some One Piece for the first time ever. I was about to do something, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I've done this exact bit at least twice, so I can't can't keep going on. That's we, my first time to... ever watching the show. <laughs> at this point, it's just like every episode exists in a different continuity, because you're going to keep saying that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Similarly to, to, to how all my predictions come true, each episode mm-hmm. is my first time ever watching the anime One Piece. Yep, and you just have to make sense of that in whatever timeline you can. Uh, who knows what order we recorded these episodes in? <laughs> I have the wiki like pulled read up. One Piece. That'd be cool. Uh, what if I I have cons- I I know I've said it on the podcast before, but I have always considered like reading and like catching up to where we're at reading it instead of watching it for the show and i'm still just never gonna get past volume two i don't think um (laughs) it is just it's difficult i love reading like both comics i don't i mean i the only fiction i really read is comics i either read comics or nonfiction. but uh it is just so hard to talk myself into reading something that i have watched twice (laughs) um as much as i like want to do it uh, I, I also I have the wiki pulled up and it's recommending me articles for Zoro and Luffy. Uh, but I'm gonna send you how they crop the images for these things because it's just like their mid regions or for Zoro, it's like his <laughs> legs. <laughs> and I just well, don't know how the spoilers. algorithm. I, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know what the algorithm is for that. I guess I mean like it. I guess you could maybe be like, oh. I wonder what the rest of Zoro's time skip design is if you're early on, but Luffy, you really get all of it. <laughs> also, what's you, your including name? I don't Scar. Think we've established who you are yet. Our people aren't starting on sixty-one, <laughs> right? Come on. <laughs> I'd hope not. I'm Joe. Hello. Um, <laughs> we're back again. There, there could be someone who's specifically looking to listen to this chunk of episodes about One Piece. They just want to know about the Caesar fight. Uh, that's, I mean, they're all also people who just, like, have difficulty telling voices apart, even though I think the R's are very different. So it's, I guess it's worth repeating. But hello, everyone. Episode 61 of, of We Are Watching One Piece. It is what we are doing. And uh, we're talking about episode 612. One through six twenty one this time on the podcast. May the may the fourth be with the week this comes out. That's as good of a joke as I can make with it. <laughs> what, may the may the seventh be with you. Frank, you would like Star Wars, right? I mean probably. <laughs> Frankie would be a prequel defender, I think. <laughs> probably. You you know what else? I feel like I don't know if the concept of like cinema exists in the world of one piece yeah but i feel like you know something that i learned about in my in my uh kino class is that um (laughs) it when like movies started they just like end with shit so people be like oh fuck so like a end with just a train flying at the audience or like a guy shooting a gun and people Mm -hmm. like ducking or like screaming and getting scared i was gonna get shot uh luffy would absolutely like punch the screen and break it because he thought the guy (laughs) was trying to hurt him (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to think of any time he's watched something on a TV. I can, I can think of one that we haven't gotten to on the podcast, but like, I can't think of anything we've covered that he has watched on a screen. 
But that's a good question. I'm trying to think if there's ever been like a filler arc where like because I'm, I'm i know this has happened to naruto where they've like protected an actor like a, like yeah, they are in the movies right yeah we covered it on we are fighting dreamers it's bad uh but i can't <laughs> remember if that's ever happened in one piece it seems like possible but i i don't know uh get at us on the discord if we're forgetting something or we just don't know what it is but anyways 611 or yeah it's, yeah 611 through 621 well, not like finishing Punk Hazard necessarily, but basically finishing uh, a lot of the conflicts in Punk Hazard right before some new, uh, scarier conflicts are going to start. But uh, where, where, where exactly did we did we leave off? Um, Luffy saw Pink Little Dragon Boy. Oh yeah, the Pink Little Dragon Boy, uh, who we already knew from context was Momonosuke. And this episode, 611, starts with Luffy learning that name and being like, ah, that sounds familiar. Why do <laughs> I, if I have a, is there a meat called Momonosuke? Uh, but he, he, he doesn't remember that Kinemon is looking for his son, I guess. Um, and he's so hungry that he considers eating this dragon. The dragon's also hungry. That This is a, a, a running conflict for him for the next uh, forever, I guess. I don't know when he eats again. I mean, presumably Sanji will eventually cook for him. But he's a he's a hungry dragon. But he has, uh, unsurprisingly, the exact same personality in Kinemon, uh, such that he has refused uh, every offer of food he has been given over the past question mark amount of time. Luffy at first thinks that there is a pair of legs stuck on this dragon, much like Kinemon. He can't find them. He's like, maybe this is too small for something to be stuck on here. Momonosuke doesn't really know why this happened to him either. There's, we get flashbacks of him, you know, being a stowaway on a ship. We don't see his face or anything, just like an outline, a shadowed outline of what he looked like um, as a boy. And there's a really great exchange on this boat where the kids, the kid, of course, these are the kids coming to Punk Hazard that we've seen in the, in the lab. Um, so they're like, oh, we're all separated from our parents. You know, we're on the same side here, and Momonosuke is, is like, you, you can never truly understand how I feel, which um, I'm just going to point that out for all the listeners, that exchange. And uh, he tries to run away. It doesn't really work. Uh, but he, he's, like, starving, and he finds... He goes into Vegapunk's secret room. This is in the flashback still. And he finds a weird-looking fruit that he um, can't resist eating. And then, yeah, later turned into a dragon, and I just don't know how they connect those dots uh, at all in this world where magical fruits can turn you into things. Yeah, and, you know, when, when his dad um, doesn't understand why he can't swim anymore, but he can turn rocks into clothes, uh, it, it just really makes yeah. me wonder about, like, just how secluded Wano is from the rest of the world. That much. <laughs> that, that, that much. <laughs> especially when it comes to these guys uh but uh yeah they yeah so he ate a devil fruit it's i I think it's in this same flashback where uh oh yeah he talks to like a girl the the girl who mentioned his name earlier the the one person he seems to have spoken to i don't remember her name i it showed me in the english subtitles but the some guards come in he gets really stressed out and that's when he turns into the dragon in a weirdly horrifying sequence like they don't like I guess the first time someone turns into a zone type thing, 
it's probably scary. Maybe, you know, with like Water 7 in this lobby, those guys, they knew what they were getting into and they immediately mastered it. But like with a kid who doesn't know he ate a devil fruit, I imagine it is pretty scary. And it plays that way in the scene. Yeah, so he he turns into it because he gets too stressed out. He flies away. Um, eventually he sees his reflection and realizes he's a dragon and that scares him even more. Uh, and yeah, so the guards in that room is talk about how this used to be Vegapunk's lab. He was trying to make an artificial devil fruit. Uh, and I guess it worked because it was here and the kid ate it and it turned him into a dragon. They, they said something about him being like faulty or like not right about them. Which they, uh... That's a thread to hold on don't to. Don't elaborate on, on what that means. They sure don't. My my assumption is because of what happens a little bit later, like, is Luffy's like, oh, just transform back. He's like, I don't know how. How do you do that? I don't fucking know. I'm, that's not the <laughs> kind of fruit I got. Yeah, it's like, ass, ass so chopper, the, I guess. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the thing I can think of is like maybe that's what's wrong with it. It just turns you into a dragon, and then you can't do anything. Like you well, can't transform back. It's a thread to hold on to. Maybe we'll find out one day. Uh, but yes, you're right. He says uh, Luffy, of course, immediately is like, "Oh, you ate a devil fruit. You're a zone type user. Just turn back." And he's like, "I don't know how to." And Luffy's like, "Shit, me neither." Uh, but what Momonosuke does say. I, I think a pro pro of nothing as far as my notes make it seem. Uh, he's like, well, I overheard that master cloud gas man say that uh, uh, all the kids he's experimenting on will die within five years. Just like <laughs> as a side effect of the experiment he's doing, because the whole point of it is just seeing like it, it is. So, it is such like a nihilistic experiment because it's just like it's not about turning these kids into giants. It's about seeing what like the tipping point is for dosage like their death is factored into his plans uh which is bad and dare i say irredeemable for him but as momo is like i want to i want to help them kids this also makes luffy even more mad than he was before uh because he just fell down this hole after fighting him (laughs) but this makes him even more mad such that later he will forget the idea of capturing him and just want to beat the shit out of him which is very funny and great but he assures momo that uh he his friends will help the kids like that we my friends my crew is already up there trying to to help them kids and um at some point he mentions that he's a pirate and that stresses momonosuke out as well uh because much like his dad he does not uh care for pirates i like pirates though uh yeah i mean yes they're wrong about pirates (laughs) they're right i mean i guess they're right about some pirates hashtag not all pirates (laughs) but anyways Here's something terrifying. Uh, he, I don't remember what starts this. Oh, I, I think it's just because he's like getting too hungry. He collapses and he gets like a, a weird flash memory, I guess, that we, we, we can tell as the audience is the, the voice and face of one uh, Don Quixote do Flamingo uh, saying repeatedly in his, in his mind, uh, what, what are the dub? Right. I'll pull it together is what the dub has him saying uh, in, in this uh, fugue state he goes into and he just kind of fully conks out and starts running forward but clouds appear under his feet which I guess is like a dragon devil fruit power 
and you just kind of start going up, up, up this shaft. Uh, his eyes are like little spirals, and Luffy's like, "Oh, cool! I guess you can do this," and just grabs him and rides him up. <laughs> uh, terrifying, but convenient. I'm sure that'll work out fine. You know, Doflamingo doesn't seem like that bad of a guy, right? I mean, he gave up slavery for whatever his new job is. <laughs> whatever, whatever he's doing with Caesar's sad. Unless the uh, fuck um. I need to find this so I can make the funny joke. <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh, three years ago he used to traffic sla- slaves. Today he's a completely different person. Still pretty weird that he used to traffic slaves. So, <laughs> from the Clickhole article, three years ago he hated gay people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still kind of weird. Uh, well, yeah, certainly his, his, new, his new hobbies are better and not worse. But anyways, we'll learn a little bit more about what he's up to in this stretch of episodes. Uh, from con- some con- very uh, convenient uh, exposition monologues. Speaking of Momonosuke, that's who Brooke is looking for. Uh, he is a ghost while his bones are being carried by Kinemon, and he kind of floats through some walls. He's looking for both Momonosuke and the Sea Prism Stone Handcuffs, uh, although uh, this uh, just becomes not his problem. Like It becomes Usopp's problem. I love how it's just continually shifted off to other people throughout the arc luffy asks robin robin tells other people to do it and eventually usopp's like fine i guess fucking i guess this is my job now um which i think you know his skill set makes him good at kind of breaking off and doing shit separately uh which pays off in this arc uh smoker is still fighting virgo nothing really happens in this scene but it looks great i like watching his smoky fists and feet fly around at virgo and just the Virgo stuff is really good Mm-hmm. There's there's some dips of animation in this chunk, but also I think maybe it's just like balancing out with the fights looking good, which uh, happens for a while. I think especially with like for as you know through now through Dress Rosa, yes, that looks great. Nothing progresses though, uh, and Sanji elsewhere is kicking a bunch of Marines in the ass uh, because they're not running fast enough for him. Uh, he has become sort of a surrogate leader for them uh, for the rest of the arc in a a funny, weird turn of events. Toshiki seems fine with it, though. Like, she had hang-ups before about working with pirates. I think at this point, Sanji has won her over enough. And he's kind of not even being that horny right now. <laughs> he'll, like, he'll occasionally joke or make a gesture towards, like, yeah, I mean, whatever I have to do to protect pretty ladies. But, um, <laughs> I don't know, it's for a good cause this time. Speaking of pretty ladies, Nami's team is uh, getting to the biscuit room. Or no, it's it's already there. This happened last time. Uh, we left off last time with Nami in the biscuit room and Monet showing up and making everything uh, very snowy and bad. Mocha is the giant kid who has worked with Chopper. She is trying to keep the candy away from them. I'm sure nothing sad will come from this. So Robin is trying to slow the kids down with... Uh, her her giant arms but monet just picks up some big stabby things and stabs her <laughs> i don't even know what to call i guess they're ice picks yeah i think they're i just think they're supposed to be ice just giant ice picks <laughs> i i i'm just now realizing that's probably what they are but at the time i was like yeah she has big stabby things whatever holding them with her talons but she stabs robin later she's like yeah it was just a scratch but i'm also not going to do anything for the rest of the arc and this is when Zoro starts to fight her. 
which is the end of the episode, and 612 starts with more of that. Uh, Zoro fighting Monet. This fight also looks good. I don't know if it ends... Yes, it does end in this episode. All of it is contained in 612. But uh, we'll check back in on that a little later, because Mocha is now... Mocha gets out of the room. I think I might have skipped over Zoro, like, cutting down the snow wall blocking the entrance, because I think he does that, and then... That's how uh, Mocha runs out and leads all the kids out of the room so the big kids can uh, kill each other. And yeah, there's some flashbacks to uh, Mocha coming here and being very sad that she's leaving her parents. And she's just like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get everybody uh, safe and escape from the lab. Uh, Nami, Chopper, and Robin try to catch up with the kids. They lag behind. And Monet tries to stop them, but Zoro stops. Her? Uh, she calls Nami weak. I don't remember the context for this. Oh, no, yeah, she's like, uh, Zoro's like, why are you going after them? They are not a threat to you. I am the strongest person here. But her, she's like, well, picking off the weakest people is a great strategy. That's true. Uh, I guess she's right. But this pisses Nami off, so she just, like, burns her wing off. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. Nami's like, who are you calling weak? I can make heat appear, and you're made of snow. So she... Like, burns her wings, slows her down, and then still just fucking leaves. So, um, I, I have a question about Monet that was not answered for me at any point in the show. And never will so be. So she, she, nope, uh, <laughs> she repeatedly, like, licks her lips, and it almost seems to imply that she wants to eat people? Like, if I, I might have drawn too much? <laughs> See, I didn't get horny. For, I mean, I, I suppose Vor can still be horny, but... <laughs> I don't even mean Vor. I just think she's a horny person. I think she enjoys uh, <laughs> killing people. Because what I was getting from was like, oh, fuck, she wants to, like, eat, like, Luffy and Nami. <laughs> like, devour no, I, them. I, I think she's just weird in that t- kind of, like, villainous way. Um, there's probably a more, like, I guess Femme Fatale, maybe. But, uh, no, I, th- I just think she gets a lot of enjoyment out of... Uh, uh, although, now that you say that, she does take some big ice forms later that have big, uh, sharp teeth, and, like, she bites down on people's shoulders. So maybe, maybe, I don't know, birds probably, I mean, I don't know what type of bird she's supposed to be mixed with by, is it even Law's power? The way that her arms, like, turn into wings are not clean cut the way all the centaur stuff is, but I have to imagine Law did it, right? Maybe? Do they answer this? I love Monet. She is one of my favorite brief villains. Because, um, I mean, yeah, she's only I mean, it, uh, it in this arc. It has to be but... because, because, like, her fruit is just um, snow. Just, and just she snow. clearly has, like, bird parts. And they're part of Doflamingo's overall crew. And yeah, I just they're that... also, like... And Law was part of that, or getting ahead of... I mean, they've kind of established that Law was working under Del Flamingo, but... And people recognize Law within Del Flamingo's crew as, like, mm-hmm. a family sort of sense, so it has to have been just a thing that he would do for people. It's like, eh, fuck it, I'll give you bird feet. Yeah, but she... Yeah, the thing, in the flashbacks of Punk Hazard, like, when Law showed up, she was not a bird yet. But, yeah, I guess... I guess he did it. It's just her design looks not the same way uh, as as the centaurs, I guess. But whatever. I don't. That's not an important uh, 
concern. But yeah, she is great. Um, it's interesting that you bring up the the way that Doflamingo's crew talks uh, in regards to like. I mean, it's called. I I think they say the phrase Doflamingo, like do, or rather Don Quixote family in these episodes. I think that is dropped. If not, whatever. I said it, but <laughs> certainly a thing to to hold on to as we get into dress Rosa. Yeah, no, I mean, um, uh, rip. But <laughs> I love Monet, and yeah, she she's in that crew. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, her and Virgo were like talking about that, and she. I guess I'm surprised she didn't know Law from the jump then or maybe she did and just law didn't know her i don't remember the the details on that and it doesn't uh matter too much but anyways yeah so zoro yeah she gets her wing burned uh by heat tempo and then nami's like haha fuck you and then leaves she however (laughs) monet still uh blocks the door again and catches nami it's one of those logia powers that like maybe too strong because it can like fill the room with snow and also she can be all the snow rather than just being a snow person it's fine it's contained in this one room in this one fight really but uh yeah so she catches nami uh, robin like breaks the snow monster she turns into uh with 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 her big hands and uh she like just reforms in the sky which looks great Zora, this is, I guess, when Zora breaks down the snow wall. Maybe he does it twice. I don't remember how Mocha got out the first time. But this is when uh, Nami, and I believe Chopper and Robin all leave. I wrote down Team Nami, which probably refers to all three of them. Elsewhere, Momonosuke stops flying. He just, his his uh, manic state burns out, <laughs> and he just stops and starts to fall. I, I think this is because he is still too hungry to uh, live, and... Uh, we don't actually, they just start falling. We don't see, like, Luffy eventually holds on to something and saves them, but for now, this scene just ends with them falling, and I think it's literally the next episode in which, uh, we see them again. We cut to Caesar, who's, like, kind of just watching everything on his screens happening, uh, which is a great way for us, the audience, to be caught up on how everything is going, is literally just a, a four-monitor setup. Team Usopp is running... Uh, from glass that's really uh, close behind them, and they split up. Usopp runs off alone, I think looking for the sea prism stone handcuffs, uh, and then that's what he ends up doing. And then Brooke, and I, I think it's just Brooke and Kinemon together are looking for Momonosuke, which doesn't work out for them. <laughs> but uh, we go back now to Zoro. I believe, yeah, the rest of this episode is in this room. Zoro is holding off Monet, and she's like, Man, I know you're strong. Why are you only on the defensive right now? <laughs> so, like, I, I was worried I wouldn't be able to beat you, but now I think you don't want to fight a woman and I will have no difficulty defeating you. <laughs> She's right, by the way. Uh, uh, this is like a weird piece of emotional growth for Zoro that he has to see women as equals not even in like a weird sexist way. <laughs> I guess a little bit. I guess I guess it inherently is. I shouldn't it's just not malicious. No. The way that... It, also, God, the flashbacks that we get with Tashigi um, are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> As she's making this realization about Zoro, uh, Sanji arrives with the Marines and Tashigi. They basically just taunt Zoro and leave. Or they, that's their plan. They're like, he's like, all right, no one's in here. The kids aren't in here. We're going to keep going. But while we're going, everyone makes silly faces at Zoro. And they do. <laughs> uh, all the Marines. 
uh, do that. And um, Zoro's like, now's really not the time. <laughs> However, Sanji is stopped in his tracks when he sees how hot Monet is. All of the Marines make eyes at her. There's some lines about like, man, I've never been attracted to a bird before, but damn. Which is <laughs> very funny. The, the G5 Marines are just, <laughs> they're incredible. It's it. They're set up as the worst of the worst, and then they're they just all just li- they're all just dumbasses, and they listen to everything the Straw Hats tell them to do. <laughs> yeah, because like, of the circumstances, and then yeah, all all of them become like this group of them just become furries real quick. Yeah. Well, well, first they realize that the, that they're a little gay when they see Zoro fight uh, Vergo, and like, damn, bro, that was actually pretty hot what you did there. And yeah, <laughs> then they're like, damn, I guess I like birds. Yeah. Learning a lot about myself today. <laughs> and uh, this makes Monet blush, which is a, a, a funny little quick scene. Um, Zora's like, I can't believe you're enjoying this. But uh, then she starts to attack the Marines, and this is when Toshigi decides to make herself known. And she actually fucks up Monet because she cuts with hockey, which I guess she has. I didn't really know <laughs> that she did. I think um, just because they were in different bodies earlier, no one was doing anything at full power, but... I assume she had a sword that was similar to the Amazon Lily arrows. Uh, well, yeah, that's still the user putting hockey into a weapon. I don't know mm. if that's ever really said in Amazon Lily, and that might just be because he wasn't sure yet. See, I th- I thought that was like, oh, we just got special rocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think her sword is like uh the 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 jut that uh Smoker has. I, th- I think, because I think Monet just like, oh, damn, you used hockey. And uh, yeah, I can just, you know, I'll just simplify it with my future sight of being on a rewatch and say, yeah, hockey just, you can coat weapons with it when you are, like, the way that Luffy can coat his arms and Sanji can coat his feet, Zoro can coat swords. They, they talk about it later. But uh, anyways, that's what Tashigi's doing. Cuts her up and, uh, oh, I was wrong. This isn't where the, the fight ends in this episode. It just... My when my notes ended with Tashigi cuts her with hockey, I assumed that was her ending the fight, which is not that ha- that is how it ends though. Later, uh, she also says that the room is boarded up from gas for now. Uh, it doesn't stay that way, but they can stand in one room and fight safely, which is what they end up doing. So the Marines in the next episode six thirteen, they are starting to leave now with just Sanji. Tashigi stays behind to fight Zoro. Or not, not fight with Zoro against Monet, and the Marines are like, "Man, we like you, Sanji. You're so, you're so much nicer to us than that Zoro guy. Zoro seems like he would just chop up anybody." And Sanji's like, "Well, he uh, he has a sensitive side, <laughs> which is such a funny word choice coming from Sanji. I'm sure a lot of shippers were uh, loving that that translation, but um, in reality, Sanji's like, well." The thing that we have in common is an inability to fight women as equals. <laughs> Just for very different reasons. <laughs> Back in that snow fight, Zoro's like trying to get Toshigi to run ahead and, and, and live, and or not live, but leave and let him handle this. But, uh, but she is like, look, Zoro, I know personally from firsthand experience that you are incapable of fighting a woman. <laughs> uh, and we get some flashbacks to Logetown. Which, I don't know if this is just one of those things that I have harder taking serious in a language I understand. But, like, 
or if it's retranslated in this reanimated flashback, but just like the delivery of Zoro being like, how dare you look like a friend I had who died, you fucking copycat. Leave me alone. Be your own person. Like, it's so, it's such a deranged thing to say to anybody. (laughs) That's what the subtitles were showing for me. I think that Zoro's just that dumb. Like, he doesn't know, like, she looks like his friend and he does not have, like, the capacity in him to, like, deal with that. So so he's just like, stop it. Yeah, or, or say it in a way that, like, a, a fucking normal person would or should. Be like, ah, you know, I have difficulty with the fact that you remind me of someone. But he's like, stop it. Don't do it anymore. <laughs> no, no. And I don't, I don't remember it being that stupid before. I guess it is. Like, I know it is. But, so, I don't know. Something about the, the dialogue in this scene I just found fucking hilarious. Uh, maybe they're playing it up more for comedy than it was in the original scene. I don't know. But, anyways. Uh, in the present, he's like, okay, fine. And he just sits down. He's just like, okay, whatever. Fight. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> Handle it, you two. So now Tashiki is fighting her alone. Uh, she has some difficulties, but we cut now back to Usopp, who is looking for handcuffs. Um, I guess this is just a quick scene, because that's all I wrote down. Uh, Kinemon at, then at this point ditches Brooke to find his son. Not really. Brooke catches up with him in a second. But he runs ahead to some kids and yells at them if they know Momonosuke. And they're all scared of him. He's very big and loud. And he has a very stern way of talking that is alarming to a child. Uh, but yeah, Brooke catches up and is like, hey, the kid, these kids are okay. That's good. I don't remember what happens to these kids. Because later when we see... I think the next time we see these two, they don't have kids with them. So I don't know what happens to these kids. Like, I don't know if I blinked and missed something. Or, if, I don't, I, who could say? But uh, I hope they're fine. Kinemon at this point meets the girl from before, who was in the flashback and, and the one scene that, she, the kid who knows Momonosuke's name, whatever her name is. I think it's like Ginka or something. It's some combination of letters. And uh, she's like, oh, Momonosuke. And then later we'll see what she tells them. It's very funny uh, how it works out. And, uh, meanwhile, Nami is finally catching up with Mocha. Robin is able to trip some kids. Yeah, they're still kind of running. Luffy was falling before, if you remember. <laughs> he catches uh, uh, the wall somewhere. I guess there's like a, a divot in it. And he grabs Momonosuke and he just starts punching the wall to make like places to hold on to. And he just does this all the way up. We don't really see much of it but he does it and it's it's funny that not even like oh there's conveniently places to grab he just makes them he just punches into the the metal and makes them all the way up back to the monet fight she bites tashiki's shoulder this is bad It, it looks bad it sounds bad being stabbed by i guess i guess it's snow but it's like solid which makes me like what is what is that because it's not ice <laughs> We know an ice guy. <laughs> we do know an ice guy. I wonder if he shows up anytime soon. Probably not. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they showed earlier when she was like biting the random G5 Marines, they were like freezing over. So she's like injecting snow into their veins almost. I, ga- so- yeah, I don't know if it's just like, because it's not like she's saying that she's removing heat 
from bodies, which I guess yeah. is what you would assume. Because it's like, I don't know. It's a Logia. I don't know. It's it's a Logia type. Um, the cold but, makes it hurt more. I mean, yes, I absolutely believe that. Like, yeah. <laughs> extremely, like extremely low temperatures are certainly painful, <laughs> and I can't imagine having that stabbed into you uh, or, or what it would be like to have snow compacted hard enough to be a sharp object. <laughs> but it's, yeah, no, it's... It hurts bad, um, and yeah, that 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 wound stays with you uh, after you've been stabbed. But this is when Zoro's like, "Fine, I have to attack for real." His his sexist motivation to protect Toshigi is stronger than his sexist motivation to not attack Monet, I guess. Um, so he gets up. Uh, I'm like half joking about it being sexist, but if you know, I mean. A little bit. But anyways, yeah, so he starts walking towards Monet menacingly, and this freezes her in fear, uh, which is very interesting that just, like, Zoro's presence here just, like, locks her into place, and she's, like, she's, like, sure of her own death at this point, and he he walks up to her. He says some probably cool guy shit. I don't remember. I didn't write down any of it, but uh, he just cuts her down the fucking middle. And damn, uh, <laughs> she falls into two pieces like fucking Dio in part one. <laughs> She's like struggling on the ground in her two pieces. And, it, and then like Toshigi and her both realize, wait, he still didn't use hockey. She just <laughs> was so convinced that she was dead that now she's like decomposing as a like mentally <laughs> as a person. Uh, and that's yeah, basically what happens is that she just like breaks through like whatever menacing energy he was giving off. I don't know. They don't explain any of Zoro's shit. Cause like, I, I think back to when he did the weird demon aura, Asora attack, which he never does again. And I'm just like, what was that? What was he <laughs> tapping into there? Is that similar to this? What is this? It doesn't really matter. It's cool. Uh, it lands, but I am curious a little bit. But he didn't, yeah, he didn't use hockey on his sword. So she's alive. Uh, damaged more, I think, psychologically. <laughs> Maybe physically. She's still split. That's yeah. my question. I think it probably still, like, hurt from how hard he cut. I don't know. Yeah, it makes me wonder, if you cut Buggy in half, he's fine. But does it hurt still? Uh, you're still, like, running a blade across two edges, I guess. But anyways, yeah, she's... Her, her two halves try to attack again. Um, they don't rejoin. They just attack from two different sides, uh, which is a great visual. And uh, it's, like, desperate, and Tashigi just, like, runs up and attacks her again. She seems super dead here. She's not. Uh, spoilers. Not yet. But she seems, like, dead And uh, from Tashigi using hockey. And uh, they bicker, like, Zoro and uh, Tashigi continue to bicker in the way that they do. Yeah, I, th- I think Zora has like, oh, congrats, you killed her. Now we can go <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's people don't usually die in One Piece. It is weird how this arc has two definitive fucking deaths. Maybe weird isn't the right word, but like surprising, I guess. I guess that's the new world, baby. Uh, fucking Hody Jones was confirmed to never be a functional person again, and now we have two villains that are just canonically fucking dead. Um, by the end of this arc. Uh, to get ahead of myself. And this is not how Monet dies, but it seems that way at first. Caesar Clown watches uh, this on the screen, and he laughs. Ha ha, it's a shame Monet is dead as shit. 
I'm evil. Uh, and then we cut back to Luffy climbing his way up that shaft uh, to beat the shit out of that laughing man. Um, I don't know if in that, at some point, Zoro starts carrying her. I don't know if they talk about it in that scene, but I'll say it now just in case. But anyways, we move on to 614, which I think is the least I've written about any of these episodes in my notes. Um, I think because it's, I think it's like, yeah, it's just a lot of sad flashbacks. Yeah. Chopper, we're, we're going to focus on these kids for a little bit. Chopper is starting to apply sedatives as these kids, um, I guess some of them are held down at this point. The problem is far from over. Uh, and then, yes, this is when I wrote down that Zoro starts carrying Toshigi, but as can be expected, he doesn't really know where he's going at any point. Um, so she, and, and because, you know, he's, she's over his shoulder, but she's looking behind him. So she can't even really direct him that well. Yeah. <laughs> So they're just running around lost. Uh, the gas is starting to come into the room now. So there's more stakes on him running away. And uh, she geeks out over his cursed swords that uh, he has. Uh, notably the one from Wano. The one that he got from the zombie. <laughs> and he, he's just like, shut the fuck up, you sword weirdo. We gotta get out of here. You fucking nerd. <laughs> Eventually they, they group up with everybody again. It's easier for him to just carry her instead of uh, her run with him because women are slow. They aren't fast like a big, strong man like he is. She was hurt really bad. <laughs> like, she she doesn't want to be carried. I mean, I mean yeah. I'm not making excuses for that being written in a way, but <laughs> yeah, she hates it. She's like, this is embarrassing. And he's like, no, you're too hurt. You'd be slow. Come on, shut up. <laughs> Throw away your pride. Come on. It's a lot of Zoro and Sanji asking people to throw away their pride in this art. <laughs> Back to the kids. The kids are calling Mocha selfish. Let us have the candy. Please, God. You know how many episodes we've been asking for this? And they're trying to get it. They can't get it. And in an act of desperation, Mocha decides to eat all of it herself. Which is very upsetting and sad. Uh, for, for, for me, and also for uh, everyone watching... Uh, the characters, I mean, for, for Chopper, for Nami and everybody, their dialogue is interestingly written such that I'm almost like, I mean, you have to know why she did it. Like, they say, why'd you do that? You know it's bad. And I'm like, of course she did it to protect her friends. Like, there's no question about that. It's not like she wants to eat the candy because she wants it. Yeah. Uh, and we get just a bunch of sad flashbacks of uh, her with the kids, her friendship with them, how much... They want to go back to their parents, and she knows that that they would want that if they were in their right sense of mind. Uh, also, we get a flashback to what we didn't see before, where Chopper and her are holding back the door, where he does actually tell her everything. Um, the scene we saw, he was just like, they're bad, okay? Drugs are bad. <laughs> he didn't call them drugs in that scene. In this flashback, he does. He's like, they're, they're bad drugs. Uh, Caesar Clown is a very bad man who has been giving you bad things for a long time. And, uh... Chopper just cares so much about these fucking kids and wants to protect them. Uh, this is where he sends Mocha off to uh, protect the candy, basically. He doesn't hold off the door for long, though, uh, because, of course, he's in monster mode when, when we get there. Yeah, the, the, she eats the candy. I, I'm not saying that it's drawn out in a bad way. It's just I have no much... I, have, I don't really have anything to say about it. It's all effective. Yeah. Uh, it's, most, it's most of the episode. This not only removes the candy from the scene so the kids have less to fight about and yell about or fight for, but also her, her reaction to this 
not only the fucking gas coming out of her mouth, which is upsetting and, and uh, terrifying, uh, she eats so much of it at once that she just kind of like pukes up blood and falls down. And that seems to put a little bit of shock in the kids' system where they're like, why does she seem sick and hurt? She just ate candy. <laughs> because they don't know it's bad. I mean, this gives them a chance to like start to apply some sedatives and... Chopper is like for a second faced with this dilemma where it's like you don't have time to treat her and all give all these kids sedatives uh and he's like this is fucked up I don't want to deal with this uh but he doesn't have to because the marines show up and Sanji immediately is like hey the medical group of these marines apply all these sedatives and take off uh take take Mocha away to treat her with Chopper so that's great day the day is saved by uh not even good cops, not even good Marines. They're all bad people. Like, no, at the beginning of this arc, we see them torturing pirates. Yeah. They just listen to the Straw Hats. Well, look at them. They're cool. The Straw Hats are cool. That's fair. I would listen to the Straw Hats. Um, <laughs> But I also wouldn't be a, a, a bad Marine in the first place. So, yeah, Chopper is directing this medical team, which is cool. This is, I think, really... Is this, like, the first instance of them, like, really... It's not their crew, obviously, and it's got that weird barrier of them being Marines that we know are bad, but it's interesting to see them, like, really directing, like, a mob in this way. Yeah. They they don't, they never had a big crew, and, you know, they're not gonna have one when they leave Punk Hazard. They're not staying with these Marines forever. <laughs> but it is very interesting to see in action. Um, in- Interesting to see how, I guess, it would work if they ever were to have a bigger crew. Yeah. Imagine, yeah, just were kind of like a Whitebeard's crew. How like all all the important people also have a crew under them. Yeah, I don't know if the Straw Hats ever get there. Like, it's certainly worth it's, speculating. It, it's it's a weird thing to think about because how how do you have like this ensemble cast, but also they have like hundreds of underlings? It feels like an epilogue thing at best. Yeah, like, I don't like think it me. works in, like, a narrative storytelling thing for that to be a thing. Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing. Does that make sense? I think I, it, maybe I could see it working as a, as a neat way to do an epilogue after they're, like, successful in all of their things, right? Like, Laboon, yeah, ha- or, uh, yeah Brooke has his own crew with Laboon or something, and they're all, they all have the white beard structure where they all have their own little uh, uh, thing that le- they lead off with. But, uh, yeah, I don't see, as much as, like, you don't need every straw hat involved in the action to have a good arc uh, but i also just don't see a big stretch of this show going on where luffy's crew is not these this this core 10 people but also yeah i don't know like the jinbei's relationship with the sun pirates also like technically he has a, a crew he is a captain of and uh, uh, that he eventually plans to leave uh but that that would pretty easily fit back in um if they were like hey you know now you can lead them and be part of this this fleet but I don't know, that's a, a long-term conversation. Um, but it, yeah, it is interesting kind of to see that uh, type of dynamic in this arc as he's leading around um, these dipshits. Also, another part too is like, I don't know how much I want nameless mobs to be a part of yeah. uh, this, this core stuff. Which is, I mean, I don't know. That's, that, yeah, it's a narrative storytelling thing. How do you walk that line? And I think this arc does a great job of walking it with the Marines having to be happening to be there and doing whatever they're told. I think it's, it's also more impactful that it's like, it's not their crew, but these people are all, they won these Marines over quickly and they're Mm -hmm. willing to like follow orders from them. I think that works really well too. 
Yeah, it's 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 a well written arc such that it's completely believable that Smoker's like, fuck it, we're on the same side, god damn it, and the Marines are just like, fuck, I guess we're all on the same side. <laughs> it's weird to to work with a pirate, but man, Sanji's sexy, uh, <laughs> so we're gonna follow him and hit on a bird. So yeah, that's uh, ba- that's not the end of the episode because the last thing we see is Luffy getting to the top of that trash chute and knocking down a bunch of uh, yellow-suited minions and being like, where's Caesar? They say, like, oh, yeah, just, like, straight ahead down this hallway. <laughs> so he walks off menacingly. 6.15! Zoro still running in circles. Yep. She cannot believe how bad he is at <laughs> navigation. Yeah. That, I mean, that the uh, was he getting lost in, in Logetown? I don't remember. Pro- I don't remember how early they made that part of his brand. But... Probably. I'm going I'm to say probably. <laughs> uh, the kids are being treated. Brooke and Keenamon are running. I, I think Keenamon is running one direction and Brooke is trying to get him to stop, which can be explained later. Uh, but that's all happening in Building B. Uh, speaking of B, the letter B, Brownbeard is still in this show. He just <laughs> fucking disappeared last time. And I was like, do we ever see this fucker again? Because I just was not confident in it. He is back. He is here, and he is looking for his crew, which is a thread that I forgot he had because I just don't have strong feelings about this man whatsoever, which isn't even to say that the beats aren't good. They are effective when they're on the screen, but when he is not on screen, I'm like, okay, I don't need any more of them. Like, the only reason I really brought him that he disappeared is because I was confused, Uh, but he's back now. He gets to the big door, R66, where everyone is supposed to meet up and escape down the one convenient path to the port. And uh, he gives a big speech to the, the, camp, the, the, the camera snail that he sees up above uh, about how Caesar Clown is bad, actually. I know what he says, but he's bad. And Caesar Clown goes down to talk to him himself. Uh, a bunch of the minions that he's trying to, that uh, Brownbeard's trying to convince come with him down this big elevator because his room his like secret i guess i don't know if this one's a secret but his like monitor room that he has been in this whole time is like just directly above uh the r66 room um this is basically where everything's gonna happen for the rest of the arc until they escape uh so yeah he you know caesar clown tries to be nice he just tries to play it like everything's fine and he's never been mean to brownbeard's face (laughs) brownbeard's like where's my crew where are my centaur buddies and Caesar's like, oh, man, where, where was the last time I saw those guys? And we get a flashback to him getting like an emergency call <laughs> of them outside of the of the lab with like calling in like, hey, w- the lab's surrounded by Marines. We can't get in and there's poisonous gas coming. And he's like, oh, no, I'll, I'll find a way to save you. And then hangs up and just like leans back on the couch, um, <laughs> picks his nose. And then when he flicks it off, it like turns into gas, which is uh, a funny visual. I don't know. Weird amount of detail to put into it. You know, his usual bit of just like being like, yeah, I'll save you. And then just not doing it. So everyone dies thinking he was a good guy. I don't know how I guess he cares about people thinking he's a good guy. I don't know how much of it is just manipulation or how much of it he actually cares about people liking him. It's I think it's a mix of both. You have to get him pretty mad and tilted for him to. Take, take, take the mask off, so to speak, which happens here soon. But he also makes a really great smile at one point 
which I tweeted because it just takes up the whole fucking frame. <laughs> Could a face like that commit this many war crimes? Come on. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, he, he does. He, he did. He's, go, he's, he's actively doing that. He's just... Look at him. Well, he's, he's his old birthday boy. Come on. <laughs> you, would, you, you wouldn't punch the birthday boy. <laughs> you can't punch the birthday boy. You're not allowed to punch it's birthday, birthday boys th- on the birthday. It's his birthday. <laughs> so Brownbeard's trying to like, he's like, you don't know what, what, what the master calls you behind his back. He calls you, uh, 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 Gawney Pogs. And it just takes him like 10 minutes to remember the word guinea pig, which I thought was... <laughs> Related to the drug Caesar gives him, maybe it is. I, he, I he, thought Caesar was like taking away his oxygen. That's what I thought at first too, and I was like, "Well, he would just—he's not choking. He just can't speak anymore. What did he do?" And he gives him a muscle relaxer, which is how he, he collapses. I—I I guess that's why he loses the ability to speak. I—I I, I don't know if it's that or he just can't remember the words. The—the the, in the dub, I—I I was not confident either which way. But he falls down and collapses from the drug. And Caesar's like, I'm going to tell you a secret. The explosion that took everybody's legs, that was me too. <laughs> it's not just enough that I, uh, you know, took advantage of you after the fact. The whole problem is my fault, uh, which makes him very mad. And he somehow stands up and swings his axe wildly. Not effectively, but, you know, he's, he's so angry that he pushes through the, the drug. And this, of course, uh, alarms the minions that don't know any better and they shoot him down and i put a frowny face in my notes <laughs> i still don't think this man is dead though no what are you talking about of course he's dead he's this is like the fifth time he's died <laughs> he's died so many times but i'm pretty sure he's on the train out of here <laughs> i think there's like one or two cuts to him well i just don't i watched that shit today and i couldn't tell you confidently <laughs> It's just when he's not speaking, when these beats aren't happening, I forget he exists. You know, here, here's, here's what's going on. If One Piece, unless One Piece explicitly says this character's dead and they're never coming back, there's no way we can recover them or they could ever come back to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to assume they're still alive. <laughs> yeah. When a guy gets blown up by a bomb and then looks at his own grave, I'm willing to... <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. gonna take a lot for me to be convinced someone's dead. Yeah, Even you need like a happens full later. episode of mourning um, to be convinced that Ace is super not coming back, and you need to literally see someone's heart be stabbed for them to, to be like then. sure. You're still not convinced, okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> That's funny. I'm convinced of that one. It's it's the other it's the other person who quote unquote dies here that I'm not so sure about. I wonder what the wiki page says if they're deceased or alive. Let me find out. Just like with an asterisk next to it. <laughs> it says deceased, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, so he's swinging. He gets gunned down. Sad face. Caesar is like, and now I'm going to finish it off with my gastonet. But before he does it, uh, <laughs> then here comes a giant fist. <laughs> <laughs> A giant, a giant fist comes in and punches him, and you know that bad bitch is Luffy. After the eye catch, we go a little bit back in time to see Luffy uh, walk into the room and do this. Basically, he's what? Yeah, he's walking in the hall. He has Momonosuke like wrapped around his neck. By the way, um, <laughs> this little passed out dragon. We 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 see him see the shooting again in the hallway, 
this is when he does, yeah, gear gear third, coats it with hockey, does a giant, giant hockey punch. I guess he, like, got out of the way just enough time to not die. <laughs> like, he still, like, is bloody, but he's not, he didn't take the full brunt of it. Uh, Caesar, yeah. of course, I mean. And uh, I guess this tilts Caesar enough to just give away a lot of exposition. Uh, he's like, look, Luffy, you don't even know why you were told to kidnap me, but I know that Law wants to have control over sad production and piss off Doflamingo and because he uses it to make Smile, which is a artificial devil fruit. And he just, like... It is literally just kind of said that conveniently. It's like, it's the only, but he sells it to so many people, including one of the emperors who has a whole army of zone type devil fruit users from, from the smile fruits, um, which I have to imagine Luffy just ignores and like yeah. retains none of. Oh, absolutely not. But this that, is important it's, it's information for us. For us. Him. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's important for us that Doflamingo's gig now is making smile which is these fake zone devil fruits made by sad, made with sad, I guess that, uh, Caesar exports to uh, dress Rosa and he sells them, uh, not just to an emperor that has an army of, 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 uh, animals can't imagine which one, but other people do like it's, it's, it's a lucrative business and cutting off sad would destabilize a lot of people in the new world at this point. And law knows that and wants that chaos. Cause he's a messy bitch who lives for the drama. Um, and some other personal reasons maybe, but yeah, that's a lot of lore for us. And then Luffy says, fuck you punches him. Uh, like, yeah, I think Caesar's word choice must be like, you don't know what you're picking a fight with. And Luffy punches him and says, of course I'm picking a fight. That's what I've been doing my whole life, which is just kind of a <laughs> fucking great line. Luffy doesn't really care about these details is the thing. He's like, I'm going to beat all the emperors anyway. So fucking, why do I give a shit? He doesn't care so much. He's, uh, <laughs> the, how he's going about fighting Caesar is not great <laughs> from what they have planned. Yeah, that's the thing. He's so pissed at Caesar at this point that he kind of forgets he's supposed to kidnap him. Um, forgets isn't the right word. He stops caring. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, the next episode, though, 616. Uh, Caesar Clown is now trying to talk his way out of this which is a great scene. I kind of wish it just ended with this, like him just talking shit and then getting one punch, like uh, like the Bellamy fight in, in Jaya. Like, that's just very satisfying, um, that type of scene. Of course, he doesn't successfully talk his way out of it, so he shoots a big laser beam at uh, Luffy. Have we, We've seen him do laser beams before, right? Is this the first time? It's like just concentrated gas into a beam. Yeah, I think he's done similar stuff to that, yeah. I, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't picture it, so I'm not confident. Uh, surprise, this doesn't work either. Luffy's still here. Yep. <laughs> he just moved, I think it is literally moved out of the way, like he's just behind the Caesar now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's too fast. We'll see more of that fight later, uh, because first, this episode has to be about Law Smoker and Virgo. Um, I think, yeah, literally all of it is contained in this episode, and I'm actually confident about that this time. I'm right this time uh, <laughs> about that. So back to that. In the Sad Factory, uh, they call it SAD, which is um, a coward move, but uh, also, come on, using Sad to make Smile? That's fucking <laughs> galaxy brain shit. Come on. So good. Uh, Turn that frown upside down is what Doflamingo says in Dressrosa. Uh, Vergo is beating Smoker pretty easily. 
we see oh yeah uh i guess there's a little bit more check-in before the fight is uh the whole episode because while people are running towards the same ending spot uh we le- kinemon learned that momonosuke turned into a dragon and he starts to flip out and looks at brooke and is like oh did we accidentally kill my son ah because they killed a green dragon earlier and they were like oh no was that him um we of course as the audience know it was not but uh very funny that this is now his his problem that he uh deals with i might be getting ahead of uh the 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 reveal in these episodes but he tries to run towards the smoke trying to i guess find the corpse that he kicked the shit out of and um it does not end well for him um obviously smoke the poison is bad i don't know how brooke gets away from that situation either but we'll talk about that later <laughs> usop is listening in on a door that he thinks maybe there's sea prism stone handcuffs behind his uh, magical usop sense says no he's just gonna walk away and say he couldn't find any uh well he says that with his eyes closed the door opens and everyone looks at him like the fuck is that well there's more of that later that scene kind of can't narratively progress until a bunch of other shit happens <laughs> because uh something happens at the end of this episode that kind of affects the entire lab uh anyways let's talk about that fight it, again it still looks great uh Virgo yeah. fighting smoker uh but smoke smoker has hockey but it's just not as strong as Virgo's. uh Virgo has nothing else going for him like he doesn't have a devil fruit power he's just so good at hockey <laughs> he's just strong he's just a buff guy Law stands up, but he's just not strong. He can't do anything without his heart. I think he falls back down when he gets his heart gets like grabbed. So Smoker goes like super smoke mode, I guess. I don't know. He 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 basically becomes all cloud, no man. Yeah. Uh, and like surrounds this whole circle of him and, and Virgo. And Virgo's like, You're just giving yourself more targets. What are you doing? Um and like he lands some hits on him, not really doing anything. It's very funny to see his face kind of floating in a cloud. Um, I don't think we've ever seen that before. But, like, there's no head. There's no neck. It's just his face. It makes his forehead look big when you can't see his hair. This all looks good. Uh, and then, eventually, Virgo uh, just hits him really fucking hard, I think, with the bamboo hockey again. Yeah, because Virgo's just like, why the f- I can- I'm better at hockey. Just You're just making it easier to hit you. Without doing yeah, all this. You're just making your hitbox bigger, man. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you fool. This was all a ruse, of course. Um, because he hits him pretty hard. Uh, it actually breaks his, like, his jut. I don't think I'm saying that word right, which is why I just say sword. But whatever that jute. thing is. Jute. Uh, it, it, and that, I don't know. That sounds like a not nice thing to say. But uh, <laughs> he, he, that gets broken. But of course it is revealed that this was all kind of a cover uh, so Vergo couldn't see what he was doing because when the smoke clears, we see that uh, Smoker's smoky hand had delivered Law's heart back to him. And he's like, thanks, Smoker. It's very nice of you. He puts his heart back into his chest. He also uses his power to return his hat to him, which is very funny. <laughs> very, well, when you've got a cool hat, you don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. He's, got a, he's got a strong brand. He starts talking shit to Vergo. Not just Vergo, though, because he's like, no one stays on the top forever, either of you. And he's like, yeah, I know Joker's listening. And we get like a very funny like x-ray shot of uh, a snail just in Vergo's coat. 
the snails are always funny because they look like the person that they're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you order these custom snails from, but I have to imagine that's someone's business, right? Like, yeah, I need a snail that looks like Doflamingo. And Doflamingo's like, yeah, I need a snail that looks like uh, all of my uh, staff that I need to communicate with. I, I tweeted earlier that I wish that transponder snails were real because you just have a fu- bunch of fucked up snails in your house that just look like all your friends. Yes, yeah, I don't like. Is there like phone? Like I, I, Lord knows who owns a landline at this point. But can you get like a transponder snail? Um, I've looked like, it up and there's nothing official. But I, I okay, nothing official. But yeah, I'm sure there's someone who's made like a little like receiver or like Etsy. coat. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I sure hope so. I, I think at this point it would be better to sell a Bluetooth speaker that looks like one. Ooh. That that seems like the the smarter play. I'll spend like five hundred dollars for one that not only looks like it, but it its mouth moves along with whatever's playing. That sounds way more expensive. <laughs> cause cause I, I yeah, I and we're gonna fucking get like a official one piece Alexa and we're all gonna be cancelled. That's the problem. <laughs> Anyways. Where was my notes? Uh, yeah, Log gets his heart back and his hat, and he starts talking shit to Doflamingo and Virgo. Um, at this point, Virgo takes his coat off and just becomes a JoJo character. Um, he is maybe the buffest man in that I've ever seen in this show. <laughs> and he coats his whole body in hockey, which I also don't think we've ever seen. No. We've seen, like, fists get... Hockey, but that's about it. What's the really buff guy from, oh man, maybe Yu Yu Hakusho? They're in Jump Force. Oh, uh, Toguro? Yeah, it kind of looks like that. Uh, just yeah, a like the bit, just, yeah. just massive guy. They're going to fight. Like, he charges at Law, and, uh, oh, pff, I blinked. The fight's over. Which, uh, again, a lot, like, you know, like I, I mentioned that Bellamy fight earlier with the one punch, but just it's very satisfying to have all this build up and have someone just kind of confidently knock someone out in one hit yeah complain all you want about law being too strong it's it's a valid complaint but uh this this beat is very effective for me (laughs) where he just like virgo runs at him he opens the room he just cuts him in half as the camera pan like zooms out you see that he has cut basically like (laughs) the whole factory and lab through which is such an effective fucking shot i don't it's just it fucking owns he cuts the whole lab in half and like continues talking shit to Joker and is like, this is it. Like these past two years, everybody's been trying to get stronger, but, 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 but Doflamingo, you have just stayed comfortably where you are as a warlord and it's time for this new era to shake shit up. I'm sure, I'm sure that all that's going to go great. They're just going to, this, he's just going to go and cut Doflamingo in half and then that arc's going to be really short. Yeah. So th- that's all you got to do. All you've got to do is cut Doflamingo in half. It'll be that easy. That's it. <laughs> yep. And yeah, that, and that just, you know, the rest of it's just a party arc. All of that's, you know, filler. Yeah. Completely lost my place in my notes. That's the end of the episode. Uh, 617 is what's next. Unsurprisingly, the entire lab has been fucked up by this. He's, I don't know how much he cut. Like... We only really, like, in that shot, we just see the lab, and it kind of just, like, is on, like, a white background, like, which is a very effective visually. It's, like, having no plane, really, where just kind of, like, you just see everything split in two pieces. 
Um, but the entire lab is now fucked up, and wouldn't you know, a lot of gas is able to travel faster now that it's been in two pieces. It reminds me of uh, fucking the Inus Lobby, where the entire tower just gets fucked uh, halfway <laughs> yeah. through. So this, yeah, this affects basically every scene now. Uh, Zoro finally uh, reunites with the group of Marines and kids. Uh, this happens because he was going the wrong way. Uh, so now they turn around and they're all running the same direction. I don't know how, because they <laughs> left ahead of him. But Cause it's just funny to say that. That's <laughs> how bad Zoro is. Yeah, he just did like a lap around him, I guess. Uh, but now they're all running together. He should be fine now that he's with a large enough group. Virgo uh, is not dead yet. Uh, he tries to attack Law again, but th- the scene just kind of cuts away. And later we'll see him separated into uh, a bunch of tiny pieces of Exodia. And uh, we we go now to Chopper's medical team arriving at uh, R66, which I think is just him some, and some Marines carrying Mocha. Uh, if I remember correctly, I don't think anyone else is with him. Yeah. Uh, now we go back to Law, who, yeah, took Virgo apart into the pieces of Exodia and just kind of attached them to the railing in this room, which is funny and mean for him. He deserves it, sure, but it's just kind of funny to imagine Law, like, attaching him, <laughs> like, just shuffling his body around in pieces and sticking it to a rail and being like, this is where you live now. You can never escape from this random lab that I have destroyed. And uh, Virgo's still talking shit about how Law doesn't stand a chance and he's up against too much. Uh, but Law just cuts his head in half, so he doesn't have, he d- can't talk anymore. <laughs> what happens next? Oh, yeah, him and Smoker just start to leave the room now. They do some other shit that is talked about more later, but uh, they're, they're, they're off on their finding their own way out. Caesar Clown is immediately aware that this must have been Law, which is a bad sign. Because that means he knows Virgo was defeated and he got his heart back. Uh, Usopp is still looking for handcuffs, but now this room is kind of uh, turning into rubble. uh, And he uses that to hide away from these minions until it is narratively convenient uh, for him to talk to them. Because now it is not. Uh, But he overhears Caesar Clown uh, call into this room and demand that the minions up there just funnel all the gas in. Like, open the vents, let the gas in, we're doing the experiment now, and they're like, hey, but um, some of our guys are down there. Some of us <laughs> are down there. And this is when he kind of just doesn't even try and uh, be nice anymore, uh, or pretend to be nice anymore, I should say. He's just like, fuck you. Like, you're going to do what I say. You're all guinea pigs for me. Your lives mean nothing to me. You're going to do exactly what I'm going to tell you to do. And they're heartbroken. They're so, I can't believe that Caesar Clown has been a bad guy this whole time. Uh, it is uh, <laughs> completely unbelievable. And <laughs> eventually they just convince themselves that it's a lie. Uh, they're just like, oh, this must be uh, yeah. a bit he's doing to scare Straw Hat. <laughs> It, it's, fucking... it's a weird weird parallel with uh, the G5 Marines with Virgo. It's like, ah, oh, obviously it's an imposter pretending to be Virgo. We got it. <laughs> we this understand fucking, completely. It's fucking, <laughs> fucking unbelievable levels of, like, copium going on with these, these idiots. <laughs> so, Ridiculous loyalty you... <laughs> to just monsters. So do you think that a lot of those, like, centaur fawn 
goat half people. Do you think that like the horns are part of them, or they just choose to wear horns because Caesar also has like little goat horns? I don't know. That's a question <laughs> I've had because <laughs> the people who need legs get animal legs. I don't imagine any reason they have to have horns, but they do. They draw attention to it, and I just keep thinking of the guy in fucking uh, uh, Syrup Village who has horns, and we never know why that guy had horns. That's it. That's my whole piece. There's no grander statement or thought. I just, I want to know. But yes, also, yes, Caesar has horns. Why? Don't know. Uh, it's just part of his character design. Doesn't matter. Maybe Caesar's related to the, to the butler. This is my new, this is my new headcanon. Um, no, it's not. I'm lying. This is a, this is a bit. Yeah, so they, they're like, oh yeah, Caesar's definitely still a good guy. So here comes in the gas. And opens it up, and it's not immediately going to kill everybody, because what Caesar does, rather than let it just fill the room and kill everybody, which would have been more effective, uh, but at this point, he is, uh, I guess, I guess full tilt, you know? He's, he's, he's losing the st- steady hand that he could have had to actually kill everybody. He sucks up all the gas to make himself stronger. He will become the land of death. Uh, so he becomes a big, a big gas monster, which, um, I'm, I'm just, this is my least favorite, maybe, uh, beat of this arc. I'm like rewatching it. I was very pleasantly surprised that it is really all contained in this one episode and over with, uh, because I remember thinking, man, I wish Luffy just knocked him out in the last scene and because I don't <laughs> think he needs to turn into a big monster and be punched again. Uh, but it is it's over with very quickly. And I think it makes sense that he like is like, no, I have to do this myself and just fails uh, completely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he becomes big gas monster and uh, just un- starts unleashing it on his underlings around him, which uh, upstairs, everyone's like, wait, no, he was a bad guy. I can't. What? I can't believe this fucking uh morons but uh at this point Usopp steps in and says hey if if he did a bad he's bad he's doing bad stuff to you and your guys and they're like he's like we gotta do something about it and they're like what are we gonna do none of us are strong enough to deal with that 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 guy we're all under him and he's like but you can believe in Luffy and uh they're like luffy just ran away like the the room i don't even remember seeing this but the room fills with gas and he ran he ran away and luffy's like and usopp's like are you talking shit about my captain <laughs> nobody talks shit about my captain and i don't i don't have the exact dialogue written down uh but i i really like the speech that he gives about luffy while we see luffy like getting a running start in the hallway like he does he leaves the room to get like momentum for his uh his grizzly magnum attack which is great i just like i think it's just a really great combination of uh you know usopp's speech over it yeah because you're just saying stuff like if if luffy was if my captain was actually running away i'd be running away too he's like he's like luffy never runs away if it like (laughs) i'm someone who always wants to run away you know, if, if Luffy was a reasonable guy, maybe he would run away more often. But if I know Luffy, he's always going to run straight forward to what he knows he needs to do. And uh, he does the attack. He, he, he jumps into the room. A great fucking leap. He gets like a really fucking high. Uh, uh, I don't. Brings in his two giant hands to, uh, to hit Caesar. 
Caesar's big gas hands grab them like they're they're locked hand to hand and pushing on each other, and uh, his hands start to harden over with the, the the poison calcification a little bit, but Luffy just pushes harder. I guess <laughs> he just he decides to win, and he he starts to push Caesar back. He starts to do his groveling bit again, where he's like, "Look, look, we can talk this out. What if you worked under me?" And I let you live, Luffy. That, of course, doesn't work. And he pushes Caesar back and beats his ass through the big door and sends him flying uh, into the next episode. <laughs> we will eventually see where how far he goes. It is uh, comical once you see how long this hallway is as they escape. You know, I didn't see this coming when the episode's name is Caesar's Defeat, the Strongest Grizzly Magnum. Yeah, and I'm thought. sure that, yeah, it's, it's, it's really sh- shocking. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, we've seen episodes that say, is this person going to die? And then they don't. So who can believe anything <laughs> that you read? Uh, speaking of uh, minute, like titles that give things away, uh, episode 618 is next, and it's called Raid, an assassin from Dressrosa. <laughs> yeah. Remember that plot beat from last time where Doflamingo sends Baby Five and Buffalo to... To uh to go to Punk Hazard? Oh yeah. <laughs> They're back. They, it happened. Uh before we see them though, we see that uh uh Caesar forgot to 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 turn off his live stream, so everyone was still watching on Twitch and saw him fucking beef it. <laughs> it's gonna get canceled now. And so someone I don't remember who this was, uh, but one of the first guys who walks away, he has a fluffy coat. I don't think it's Doflamingo, based on the rest of this episode. But someone with, like, a, a, a feathery, fluffy coat walks away and says, call Jack. Someone following him is like, I was worried that was going to be the thing to do. That's got to be important. I just don't know who it is. Um, It could, like, well, feasibly, are, are, it could be Doflamingo. Are, I just don't think it is. So, is, is, isn't, aren't, aren't Kaido's people named after, like, cards and Jack is a card? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm calling attention to it, but I don't know who is saying that in the scene. I have like an idea. It's just like whenever like the the thing that's one of those things on the rewatch where I'm like, this isn't even a jewelry thing, but I'm gonna say it so people listening know. Someone says call Jack. I don't think it's Doflamingo because later in the scene we see him in his home alone, not wearing his coat, uh, and he dramatically puts the coat on eventually. So I, I don't, I don't think it's him. But um, anyways, yeah, a bunch of people see Luffy lose or uh, see Luffy beat Caesar, and including the Peckhams and the uh, fucking Eggman. I can't, remember, I can't remember his name. Uh, they they're also included. Some other people who I don't even recognize. I don't know if they're actually important people or if they're just menacing shadowed people. But yeah, everyone saw it. And also, because Caesar conveniently said a lot of exposition uh, in his monologue, everyone watching that also knows that Luffy and Law have an alliance and like are going after uh, this supply chain of Smile. Um, so that's going to have an effect, of course. So now Usopp is up in that command room and he's kind of in charge of this room and everyone's listening to him so he uses the screens and the uh like lab wide pa system to tell everyone where to go basically it's like he 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 gets a hold of chopper through the pa tells him which way to get to the like how to go to r66 and 
says, I'm going to close some shutters behind you, but the gas is coming. Nami's team gets there uh, at the door with Luffy. Uh, that's, you know, good reunion. Everyone's starting to meet up. Law and Smoker arrive, and they're dragging a giant cart that they found somewhere. Law's like, yeah, they use this to transport uh, Sad to the port, which is where we're going. So I, I, we grabbed this because we have a lot of people to get down a hallway <laughs> in a very short amount of time. I, don't worry about it. I mean, also, Law's like, wait, where's Caesar? And Luffy's like, <laughs> he sucks ass, so I beat him and he fucking flew far away. Sorry I, I messed up the door. <laughs> I don't even want to capture him anymore. <laughs> I don't like him. He's not my friend. And Law's like, I don't give a shit. You best to hold the whole plan is to capture him. <laughs> uh, so they have to uh, go grab him now. Elsewhere, just kind of above the ocean, somewhere uh we now see again baby five who is flying on a fucked up plane man this is buffalo i hate him he's got an upsetting visage uh but we now <laughs> i don't know how he sounds in the dub but i hate his voice too i mean i imagine it's the <laughs> approximately the same um because i yeah he's he's one of these annoying guys, you know, sometimes <laughs> one piece just has an annoying guy and you gotta, you gotta get through it. If you remember her introduction when she tries to assassinate Doflamingo, which was played not comedically at the time, uh, she is upset about someone she loved and cared about being killed by him. <laughs> we now learn that it's, it's all a joke. It's all, it's all a bit because uh, we, we, we reunite with Baby Five as she is mourning now the eighth fiance that Doflamingo has killed, uh, which sounds bad right away, but it turns out, uh, as Buffalo reveals, that she just has this problem where she says yes to literally everything that she's ever confronted with. So we get like a flashback of some like, I don't know, creepy old guy being like, marry me. And there's like, shadows of people who want to take advantage of her in, in that shot and she's like oh, he needs me I, I i i'm wanted i'm needed and she says yes um and then doflamingo um you know i can't believe i actually kind of agree with doflamingo yeah <laughs> uh doing like knocking these people off uh, but apparently he just destroys whatever town they're in each time like it's so overkill it's like whatever town they're like eight fiancés eight towns destroyed <laughs> And uh, her her problem with saying yes to everything also means that she has bought a lot of things she doesn't need and has loaned a lot of people money and she is $98 million in debt, which is a great bit. It's really fucking funny. <laughs> Buffalo proves this by saying, you know, well, if that's the case, loan me uh, another, uh, oh, I don't remember the amount, but he's like, loan me money to go gambling. And she's like, oh, you need me. I have to give, I'll take out another loan as soon as we get back to Dress Rosa. <laughs> it's so funny. I, it's a shame that Sanji doesn't get to hit on her. I, uh, in, in a perfect world, <laughs> that would have happened. But alas, uh, they're nearing Punk Hazard and uh, Buffalo. I guess he ate some plain fruit or propeller fruit because his whole body is spinning. Um, and he uses this propeller power to clear all the gas away from the port, which is very convenient for everybody. Yeah, so there's a ship here, uh, the sad transport ship uh, that we know Virgo came in on. They kind of just see something shoot out of a tunnel and slam into the side of the ship. It's Caesar Clown. (laughs) 
it's very funny and it only gets funnier as for the next like three episodes we see how long that tunnel is uh because it takes them a long time to go through it so buffalo calls in joker and is like hey uh i i think i found caesar uh doflamingo is like uh yeah okay forget about monet and vergo just grab caesar and go uh so that's their plan but uh i forgot about frankie he's here yeah the general Frankie is just kind of stip-stepping around on this ship. Lord knows what he's up to. Like 20 episodes ago, he's like, all right, I'm going to go check on the boat by. And then he farted away. He farted away. <laughs> Not and, even uh, like a turn of phrase. He, he actually just farted literally away. Literally does that. <laughs> literally does that. And, uh, I, you know, at, at this point in One Piece, I am used to not every straw hat being around. But I literally just like, oh, yeah, Frankie is here. I forgot about Frankie. I, I like that they at least gave, like, they, they're like, yeah, he, he wanted to go check on the boat. Like, he just wasn't gone for 10 episodes, like, 20 episodes yeah, for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> unlike unlike uh, Sanji, who will disappear and say what his plan was after he does it. <laughs> Fra- and Frankie, being a shipwright, is like, yeah, I'm going to go make sure that we can actually escape this fucking place. <laughs> and then, yeah, he's around when uh, these assholes show up. And, uh, yeah, he looks up in the general Frankie and is like, that's one messed up looking bird. <laughs> So now we go on to 619, uh, where uh, they fight. The General <laughs> Frankie fights Baby Five, who has a bunch of guns and is a bunch of guns. This is this is such a good like matchup because they're, they're mm-hmm. both just weapons, but people. But she's got it through a fruit, and he's a he's a cyborg. I love this fight. It's really great. <laughs> um, these last couple episodes get a lot of like straw hats getting to shine singularly and. I'm always going to talk that up on this podcast. I've done it before. I'll do it again. But just getting to see Frankie do stuff that he's specifically suited to, it <laughs> rules. And he's funny. All all these fights are so fucking funny. And I, I, I like people who aren't the Straw Hats reacting to <laughs> his dumb shit with his robots. Yeah. <laughs> they Yeah, she keeps thinking it's a pacifista, but it's like, as she unloads a minigun on it, she's like, that should do it. And then it clearly didn't. <laughs> She's like, any pacifista would be done by now. But uh, yeah, this whole fight is also like a, a series of misunderstandings because <laughs> yeah. they just Frankie just refuses to know what they're doing and then fights them anyway and just keeps singing a song <laughs> about the general Frankie. Yeah, well, he gave it. He made his own toku song. <laughs> We're so lucky. I, I completely forgot about this. I remembered that Baby Five and Buffalo showed up in the last episode when he sends them. I completely forgot that Frankie gets this whole fight on his own. I I think, like, the reason, like, Frankie is fighting on them is just a quick thing. He says something about, you're not going to take my cola. So he just thinks yeah, they're there to steal his He thinks they're there to soda? take his cola for no reason. <laughs> I, I don't know if, like, I, I'm watching this in the dub. I don't know if in the Japanese maybe Caesar sounds like cola. I don't know. <laughs> but that's what he thinks. He doesn't even realize Caesar is there until way no. later. And then he pieces their plan together after they've said it like 10 times uh, And Caesar's there. <laughs> and he's there the whole time. And he, and he notices Caesar. Yeah. That's like two episodes from now. Yeah, so they fight and it's great. Uh, I, I was thinking when we did Fishman Island, I was like, I love the General Frankie. It's a shame it just never comes up again because I had forgotten about this fight. It's great. I, I love seeing uh, him use it and fight uh, these two fucking morons. And he's a moron himself, which makes it even better. 
Uh, after they unload all these attacks, he's like, time to pull out my General Frankie shield. And they're it's like smaller than his arm. And <laughs> they're like, that's, that's too little and too late. And uh, he's like, how dare you insult my size? And he's like, how about this? General Frankie shield. <laughs> he just does it again. And they're like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he's like, oh, what can I use this for? Uh, can I throw it? And he just chucks it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, Frankie Boomerang, and throws it. I'm assuming the delivery is just as funny, like the timing yeah. <laughs> in Japanese, because it fucking destroyed me in the dub still. Uh, Frankie's, Frankie's this really interesting performance in the dub because they don't even try to do Kazuki Yao. They just do it with this gruff guy voice, which makes perfect sense uh, for the localization. But like, it still hits like all the same comedic beats just in a very like just in a different way yeah so i'm always i'm always impressed with it it's like the opposite of brooke which is this like perfect casting to tone <laughs> and hits all the same comedic beats uh and has the singing voice one piece dub is good especially like i think all the characters who have been casted later i think are just like even more fine-tuned to the to the role which just speaks to the industry of uh anime localization getting <laughs> better over time uh anyways yeah he throws it it doesn't fucking matter uh she tosses off her weapons to become one uh her torso turns into a sword and buffalo like spins her around uh but frankie just uh blocks it she turns into a missile which uh is great uh she she mentions caesar clown she's like we're gonna take him you can't stop us and he's like why are you talking about caesar he's not even here (laughs) (laughs) and uh she lands the missile attack it explodes Later, we see her, ref- like, reform. It's fucking, it. it's like some Terminator 2 shit. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, they explode, and we'll come back to it later. Uh, Caesar, on the ground, uh, wakes up. He can't really move. He's, he's been b- beaten pretty senseless, but he, uh, he won't go out without getting some victory, and he remembers that he has Smoker's heart. So he's going to, with his final breaths, take Smoker with him. Sure. Sure, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Even even with, like, what does end up being revealed, there's no way that, like, Smoker dies here. Come on. No. I mean, not, uh, not, what happens Not even is, in a fight? What happens as as he, fucked up. <laughs> as soon as he pulled the heart out, I was like, oh, I, I know. I didn't piece together exactly how it got to there, but I was like, I know that's whose heart that is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, hon- I honestly completely forgot about the reveal and the possibility for it. I think, well, for one, I mean, this is stuff that I was watching the first time when we started this podcast a long fucking time <laughs> ago, and I was binging that shit quick. So a lot of it is, like, fragmented in my, my memory, my chain of memories. But also... I think there is something to be said about you watching these episodes, maybe not every day, but like relatively around there. You're like watching uh, one at a time across the two weeks in between we record. I just binge them all the day before we record. Uh, So I go two (laughs) weeks without watching One Piece and then I watch 10 episodes. But uh, I, yeah, I just completely fucking blanked on this, on the possibility of what happens, but I like what happens. Great beat. Uh, Anyways. Yeah. He's definitely going to kill Smoker and we'll see how that goes uh, a little bit later um luffy has not boarded the train yet uh because he is waiting for his whole crew he is waiting for Usopp. i don't think chopper's here yet either oh wait no chopper got here first (laughs) i think i don't remember who cares uh he's waiting for his crew it's like Usopp and brooke are still running at least but everybody makes it in time 
conveniently before the door closes. However, Kinemon has been completely calcified, which immediately makes it clear that there must be some resolution to this poison after all. (laughs) Yeah. Kinemon's too important to die and be carried around as a as for prop comedy uh but uh we'll deal with that later i think it's a very effective narrative decision because you get all of this escape and recapture or well, capturing of caesar clown and you kind of get to just take the reunion of kinemon and uh and uh momonosuke and like their whole the plot that's going to unravel from them being reunited you get to kind of just like Forget about it for now. You get to like, like, look, <laughs> later, later we will open this box, but it is, we don't mean, we're not going to open it now on the train. We're going to deal with it after Punk Hazard wraps up a little bit better. And also, I guess it's good if the people can be saved from this shit uh, also, but we'll, we'll deal with that next time later. Everyone makes it in time. He's uh, solid as rock. Meanwhile, Joker gets a call on his uh, transponder snail that happens to look like a bird, I guess. I don't actually remember what it looks like, but he gets a call from Monet. He, I guess she's not dead yet. She's somewhere with the snail, and uh, we'll learn where in a minute, because he talks about um, I don't remember what all he says. He says some shit about, like, I don't I, I remember what he tells her to do, but I know he says shit before that, and I just don't remember what it is. And if you don't either, I'm just gonna say what he says to do. <laughs> <laughs> I I know I remember what he says to do. What he what he like says to her isn't really push just like, hey, uh everyone's kinda fucked up. You you gotta you gotta blow up the building. You gotta blow up the you whole got, lab. You you gotta die for me, sorry. Mm-hmm. There is something to and I don't know how much of this is the same type of facetious emotion that Caesar has. I think it's different. But there is a little bit of, like, sadness in his voice when he says goodbye to Monet and Virgo. It's like, uh, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, you were, you were a part of my crew. I don't dislike you. It is a shame that you're going to die for me, but you must do it. <laughs> the, 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 way, the way Caesar talks to people is, like, if he, he, he would absolutely turn on Doflamingo at, at the last possible second, if need be. If with need these be, guys, yeah. With, with, with these people, like, even Virgo's like, I've known you for the longest more than anyone else. Thank you so much for helping me out and being a, being a close close member of the crew. Yeah. It is a shame that the cards are not in place for me to uh, save you, but rip uh, to a real one. But yes, he instructs Monet that there is a destruction device built into the lab. It's what destroyed the other labs. And I think, I don't, building C, it doesn't fucking matter. But uh, he tells Monet to hit that button. He's like, it'll kill everyone on the island except for Caesar. And I need him alive. It, it, it's very much like it, his industry, his money does, of course, protect his entire crew. So, like, it, there's probably the extent that he cares about himself more than everybody else. He's a one-piece villain. But Doflamingo and some other cr- crews we'll talk about later have interesting family dynamics that are really weird mirrors to, to, to Luffy and the Straw Hats. Like, this this kind of, like, un, unfettered loyalty of, like, people being together for this long. See, yeah, Caesar's just lying. Caesar just yeah. doesn't fucking care about people. Um, but I, that's not how any of the Doflamingo stuff reads. Uh, and Monet is like, yeah, of course. Um, I, she's already there. She's already at the button. She's just calling him first, basically. Uh, she's like, I was already planning on it. And she calls him Young Master, 
which is a phrase we'll hear plenty of. I don't, Doflamingo's not young. I guess he's just been called that forever. <laughs> yeah, Doflamingo's older than Robin, right? Good, I think so. I think it's late 30. Doflamingo. Uh, Don Quixote Doflamingo. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll just 41. go to his wiki page and look it up myself. Don't, nah, mm, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not even, uh, he, there's still some stuff we don't know, but, uh, yeah, no, he is 41 after the time skip. Fucking 10 feet tall fucking asshole. <laughs> Chad. Chad. <Based> Chad. Based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Young master, look look at this image I made for you. Here's Luffy as a soy boy Wojak, and here's you <laughs> as a base red-filled Chad. Surely they uh, won't be able to beat you in Dress Rosa now. <laughs> is, that, is that the first meme that we've said that probably won't get made? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, he, I mean, he is a Chad, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, Luffy gets buffer over time, he, 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 he becomes the Chad, you, you either, you either, uh, die the virgin or live long enough to see yourself become the Chad. Anyways, we're, uh, yes, she has a very dramatic, like, sacrifice moment, she's, like, on her knees, bunch of sad music plays, like, dramatic lighting, all of this happens again in the next episode also, by the way. Uh, but she, like, dramatically presses the button as uh, Caesar Clown goes to kill Smoker, um, which is definitely Smoker's heart. The next episode, 620, starts a little bit before that. Uh, Momonosuke is mourning his dad while very silly music plays, which means it's going to be fine. Uh, the train still has a while to go down this uh, pathway. Law's like, Jesus Christ, how fucking hard to... Luffy hit this guy. Is he in the tunnel at all? Uh, we know he's not. Uh, but yeah, we get some more scenes where Monet prepares to sacrifice herself and blow up the whole lab, including a point where, like, we see her press the button. We see explosion take the whole island. But just kidding, that didn't happen. Like, it just, like, it's like, that's just, I guess, in her brain, her imagination of what she thinks is happening. But uh, right before she could hit the button... We see that Caesar Clown did not stab the heart he thinks he did. No. He stabbed a heart, and it killed Monet before she could hit the button because uh, La gave him uh, her heart, which he had the whole time, which we know from flashbacks. And uh, La explains this in detail later. A little overexplained, but it's fine. I don't know. Uh, like I, once I saw it happen, I immediately knew what was going on. Which is fine, but yeah, Law tells Smoker later because Law gave Smoker his heart back before they met up with everybody. Like, how the fuck do you get it? How? I've had it the whole time. Why didn't you give it to me sooner? I needed you to. I needed you to do what I told you to. Um, he doesn't say that, but it's easy to assume that that's why he didn't do it sooner. But anyways, at this point, yeah, they're just begrudgingly on the same side. Doflamingo on the phone is like, uh, why is this snail still connected? What happened? I don't. I don't think. I don't think the lab exploded. I'm worried now. We'll see his response to that in a little bit. Baby Five's exploded corpse reforms, <laughs> and she says, "Huh, pretty hot, huh? The power of Missile Girl. <laughs> Whatever she turns into, she refers to herself as Blank Girl, and <laughs> the passion of Blank Girl. And it's very great. It'd be, I hope she can turn into a Tank Girl. I don't think we we see it though. Frankie's fine. He just gets back up." Uh, and sings a song. She asks Buffalo for her gun, which is magic. She says her gun is magic. It's not. It's just that some guy told her it was. 
and she was like, oh, a magic gun. I need this. It's just a gun. <laughs> She's the magic gun. Uh, back inside, a rock falls down in the path. Zoro cuts it. Uh, and the poison is starting to catch up, which is scary. And Law is like, hey, uh, I know this is a long shot, but can anyone here conjure wind? And the Marines are like, what the fuck? No, but you think someone's just going to conjure wind? What no, the fuck? You can't you just th- ask that. You think there's a wizard in here? And uh, Nami's like, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> just raises her hand. Very funny. And yeah, I, you can't just ask people if they can conjure wind. What if, uh, Fra- what if Frankie was here to fart? Do you think that would work? <laughs> Probably. Can you make a, can you make a fart big enough to clear the way? You know what? He could. He could. He here's what would happen. He would, and then at, then someone like Usopp would make a joke. He's like, "This isn't much better than the poisonous stone petrification gas." Yeah. What if it exploded? Because it smells bad. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Nami. I mean, Nami's never like. I wonder. I she never like used wind powers to make it, the the boat go. They just have Kuda burst <laughs> for that. But I think it'd be a cool. Uh, usage of the power um she does end up saving the day although there's a lot of drawn out dramatic shots of like before she does it in the next episode yeah so this episode ends with uh, some doflamingo set up because he is very upset he's scowling because clearly something happened and the lab did not explode so he puts on his coat and uh we cut to that kid again uh walking around his house the kid with the glass eye patch which i now realize is interesting that she is the one running around when uh, Monet did not do the things she was supposed to do. But uh, she's running around looking for him. She's calling him Young Master. I don't <laughs> like this dub voice very much. It's a little shrill when she's, like, doing a not yell yell. I don't know if that's just hard to do in voice acting. I Probably. But, eh, it's Adults voicing kids it can either be good or bad. So, so I... Did, they, did we learn her name? Uni- um... I mean, I, I've seen the name before somewhere, so it's not like a big spoiler. <laughs> but um, okay. the the thing is, the universe the universe knows <laughs> how to get me to like a character because immediately I was like, "Oh, that's cool design," and mm-hmm. then her voice sounds familiar. I'm like, oh, who, "Who the fuck does that voice? That sounds familiar." Oh, and I looked it up. This yeah, one hundred. It's my favorite Idolmaster character. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's <the> same voice. <laughs> Hell yeah. every time I, I'm like, this seems familiar. Whatever I look up, it's like, I shouldn't have had to look that up. I should just be able to pick this up by now. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, I feel like I've recognized voices like that too. There's also like, whenever I watch anything dubbed, I'm like, is that Nami? And it never is. But I always just think <laughs> that, uh, people who sound kind of like the Nami voice actor are. But yeah, it's, I mean, there's, there's, there's like a lot of voice actors who kind of dominate the field. Uh, in a way yeah. that can be tiring. Especially in video games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Video games is like, what? there's three people per, there's three men and three women who voice characters <laughs> in video games, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like how there's like only 10 actors from the UK, and they're all in Edgar Wright movies. Like, I don't, I think it's, I don't remember which one it is that like, oh, it, there's this, it's Shaun of the Dead, where like one group walks past another group, and it's like, oh, there's every actor who's ever worked. Just in one shot. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, so she's walking around looking for the young master. Uh, he's not here, and she talks to an old guy. You don't really see his whole face or anything. He's just, like, sitting in a room next to some weird-looking character who doesn't speak in the scene, but um, just, I guess, showing you designs to be scared of later. But uh, 
uh, he's like, well, if he's not here, he must have gone off on his own again. And we see that he has, because he can just fly through the air. That's not overpowered for him to have. <sighs> yeah. You don't think he's going to be, like, hard for Luffy to beat or anything, right? It's not like he can do a lot of bad things. Or <laughs> He flies through the air. He's just going to Punk Hazard his damn self. <laughs> he's, he's not even, like, taking a boat. He's just like, fuck it. I guess I'll just walk there. <laughs> I'll just walk. I'll take the scenic route. That's the end of the episode. We have one more to do. 621. Bef- before the end of the podcast, uh, Punk Hazard will continue. But uh, more Baby Five versus Frankie. Great stuff. Yeah, Frankie thinks that they're after Cola. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about, you <laughs> deranged robot? There's a lot of drawn-out shots of, will Nami... Like, everyone's like, oh, what are we going to do? Can she really make wind? And she's just silent. Like, they're just <laughs> waiting for it to happen halfway through the episode, basically. We'll get there when it happens. But eventually, Baby Five turns her legs into a sickle. And uh, she actually pierces through the General Frankie's arm at this point. And he's like, that's impressive. Uh, so he throws them off and shoots some of the big fucking laser beam. I guess he was just waiting to be damaged <laughs> before he used the laser beam. Oh, yeah. It's like, he says it's a smaller version of what's in the Thousand Sunny. So hell yeah, he just fucking installs lasers everywhere he can. I mean, if I learned the, the technology to make lasers, I'd absolutely do that. I probably probably would too. He's also studied Zoro's fights and like, damn, it's cooler if I like decide to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just need to have something really strong that I can just wait to use <laughs> until like, I'm. That's the thing. He just keeps standing up after everything. Like every attack gets bigger, and he's just like, General Frankie, boop it up, boop boop. Here's a sword. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, he finally notices Caesar Clown is on the ground next to him (laughs) oh shit what's caesar clown doing here how'd he get out here and he he looks over to baby five and buffalo and is like your plan is revealed you're here to take caesar yeah so that's we'll see how that goes later um back inside the tunnel gas is now in front of the train too they're they're gonna be sandwiched in but finally nami decides to save the day uh she has like a like a She thinks to herself about how much she cares about these kids and promises to save them. Um, That is her motivation to use her gust sword attack and uh, uh, blow all of the poison out of the way. And it works. They escape. The train barrels out. I was really hoping it was going to, like, hit Buffalo and Baby Five. It doesn't. I was really, (laughs) that was what I was praying for. Uh, It just goes outside. And uh, everybody marks out for General Frankie. And by which I mean everyone, I mean the... The guys, the guys, well, the guys that aren't Sanji and Zoro, <laughs> the Marines, the usual straw hats that mark out. But then, like, the music Not- dies out as it cuts to like Nami and Robin and Toshigi and like all the children who are girls. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, really good. Yeah, it's funny. Girls can't like robots, right? It's uh, it's true. You know, <laughs> I I used to like robots until I was trans, and now I can't like robots anymore. So. <laughs> Uh, Law. Law recognizes Buffalo and Baby Five. He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? <laughs> Buffalo says something very ominous that uh, to, to Law. It's like, why are you a traitor now? Joker saved the heart seat for you. What does that mean? <laughs> you can't just say that. They grab Caesar Clown and fly away. I don't know why they didn't do that sooner, but they just grab him and leave. The General Frankie isn't that fast. And Law's like, ah, shit, this whole plan's gonna 
be fucked if we can't uh, grab him. So he starts to use his powers, but Usopp is going to do it. And uh, Luffy's like, no, no, Usopp says he's going to do it. Let him do it. We're an alliance. This is, we got to trust us if we're an alliance, right? And Zoro's like, wait, what? What are we? What are we doing? <laughs> who's, who's an alliance? Because he still doesn't know, which is very funny. I hope he just never finds out. I'm sure that isn't the case at all. I'm sure he finds out in the next episode, but it's very funny to imagine him just never knowing why Law is still here. Nami and Usopp are a power couple for the rest of the episode. She uses her uh, weather wizardry to uh, hit Baby Five, Buffalo, and Caesar uh, with some lightning. Looks great, is great. And then uh, Usopp, apparently his slingshot is also a plant because it grows with water and eats rubble. I didn't remember this or know this, I guess, but weird. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to think about that thing as being alive, but whatever. It eats up a bunch of rubble nearby, which he's going to shoot at them after they're knocked out of the sky. It works. And also in the slingshot, uh, like scatter that flies at them is sea prism stone handcuffs which perfectly wraps around caesar before he can fly away and they all fall into the ocean to be scooped out in the next episode and caesar clown will be kidnapped for real uh the plan is a success luffy's like hey i told you my 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 crew was strong but uh, uh before the episode ends there are two ominous shots <laughs> One of which of Doflamingo still on his way, going through the sky, uh, and uh, presumably Punk Hazard can't be far. He looks like he's moving fast. I don't know how far these places are, but uh, there's one one final shot of someone waking up, just a big sleepy head oversleeping, just in the middle of the ocean somehow. See a little bit of his face. We just see his mouth, and he's like, "Now, which way to Punk Hazard?" <laughs> you seem to have. Made it clear that you already know who this is from that. <laughs> oh, uh, immediately, <laughs> I recognize the voice. <laughs> I I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember if his voice is like one of those that you just immediately know. But uh, you know, so we can just well, t- say there, it. Th- there's there's two things. His voice kind of, and there's not a lot of people of color on the grand <laughs> on the grand line slash new also world. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Either 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 he is Okiji or he's new, and I'm just it's Okiji. Uh, also, I mean, Kiji or Kuzan, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, that narrows it down. It depends on which name he's using. At this, point, I think it's Kuzan now. Yeah, I think because Aokiji is like his code name, think, even though I think that's the title. Yeah. I'm yeah. never 100 percent sure, but I I think I think that we're right about that. Um, and I could look it up, but I won't. I'm just gonna keep the wiki page for Monet up <laughs> for the rest of the day. <laughs> that's yeah. That's our big cliffhanger. Is that Doflamingo and Okiji Kuzan? are seemingly both on their way to Punk Hazard now. Before And, like, Luffy is still has, like, some shit to wrap up before he leaves. Um, and that's the note that we're going to end on this time. I'm sure your predictions will be great for what's going to happen when they show up, what they're going to do. But we're going we're, we're gonna to have to wait and see uh, after we do our plugs. But, uh, but before that even, how, how you, we're, we're basically done with, like, the action of Punk Hazard. How you feel about this arc? How you, how you feeling? It's pretty good. I liked what was going on. I did. They, they had a good opportunity for a joke that maybe it happens in the next episode, but I was waiting to happen because all three of those people, Caesar Clown, Baby Five, and Buffalo, fall into the water 
and then it, like cuts over to law and i was like oh fuck he's gonna like yell at them it's like we need to get them out of the water right now <laughs> or something <laughs> yeah, <how laughs> surely they can get they about drown. but like <laughs> i was fully expecting some kind of thing like that i almost expected him to like move caesar back to the shore while he was <laughs> falling and he didn't but uh, I guess it's funny to see them all fall in. I think, yeah, I they'll they'll be fine. Also, that reminds me that I guess there still is a chance for Sanji to propose to to Baby Five when she's brought out of the water. <laughs> Maybe they just let them drown. You know, yeah. people are dying now. There goes the one that I don't trust. I super believe Monet is dead. Yeah, <laughs> in large part because there are a lot of theories about what where her devil fruit might have ended up. Uh oh. But that I don't actually think will go the way people say. But uh, I guess now we can talk about that theory. It's a fun theory. Virgo, I don't know. I guess I. I guess the thing is, you're like you assume that that room fills up with uh, gas at some point, right? Well, that room exploded. Did it fully explode? Yeah, that's where that's where the explosion is. It's like over in that room is there's an explosion. So I think it's implied that his room blowed up. Oh, okay. F then I got. I, I, yeah, I don't know if. It, <laughs> How strong is his <laughs> hockey in his, in his separated pieces? Can he still coat his separated pieces? Is it more surface area now? I don't know how this may, shit works. Maybe, maybe the explosion happened and it, like, put them together. Yeah. <laughs> All his pieces went flying and conveniently smashed together. Yeah. <laughs> God, that'd be funny. But yeah, the Monet theory, it's one I think about a lot. I don't actually think anything will happen with it. It's just funny. Or maybe funny. It's a, this arc draws attention to... Smiley the axolotl dying, a nearby apple turning into a devil fruit. A lot of weird attention is brought to that. And Monet dies, you know, pretty conclusively, more conclusively than most defeats happen in this fucking show. Um, it's not, you know, ace levels necessarily, but she seems super dead. And it's it would be interesting if, you know, a power that had to do with weather might have reformed <laughs> near, like, the this thousand sunnies orange trees um so a lot of people th- wonder if that happened i i would be shocked mm. i would be shocked if it actually happens but it's a very fun thing to to let tinker around the old noggin because so there's I've, like I've, I've said it now it's it's an interesting thing because like it, it would make for an interesting story beat or like character moment for someone like nami to achieve a power but it also feels way too fucking late to just introduce that to a character at this Absolutely. point right Absolutely. like like even if like even if after this arc nami's like oh i found a devil fruit chomp like it, it, it's way too late to do that i think even here <laughs> definitely not As, especially with <laughs> like, it being a logia just seems like unlikely um i wouldn't be shocked if the power shows up again yeah especially considering we know a bad guy goes around looking for devil fruits but because it's a cool power uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that gets thrown out every now and then because if you, I don't, I don't, I don't know if a straw hat, certainly one of the earliest ones like that would get a devil fruit so late in the game. There's even a gesture towards the idea that I will, I don't, you'll know it when we get there. It's not subtle, but, and that the character involved is like, I like swimming. I like swimming too much. I don't need this, but <laughs> I, I, it would be the, the fact of there being a weather power lining up with Nami could be interesting, but it's one of those things, much like we talked about with Zoro, where it feels like infusing it with a weapon feels more likely. But also, uh, my, my brain goes, have we ever, 
what happens when a weapon eats a fucking Logia fruit? What the fuck happens there? Because we've always seen Paramecia. I guess we've seen Zone. We've seen the Elephant Sword. But I don't think we've seen a Logia weapon, which sounds unhinged levels of a uh, One Piece power combination. But yeah, I don't know. It'd be, you know, it's cool. Uh, that's it for the Theory Corner. We're going to do some plugs, and then Jory's going to give his always correct predictions of what's mm-hmm. going to happen next time. I have a guess of what you're going to say, but if not, I'll just say it in, uh, when we get there. Uh, but first, Jory, <laughs> where, where, where could people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me online on Twitter.com. Uh, my Twitter's at NoamJory. Hopefully by this point you don't have any sort of strange ideas that you may be Jory. They, they, would, they wouldn't get to episode 61. <laughs> but if you started um, here, you don't know our names, you can't be Jory. If this is coming out like the first week of May, I, I'll be done with the semester, so I'm going to try and like work on having stuff out, a general amount of different things. So keep an eye out. <laughs> it's very vague because I can't say for sure. This what comes I'll get out the first but... week of May, so yeah. Um, we've got time to see. <laughs> just keep an eye out forever. Just follow Jory. Yeah, just follow me. You can, at the very least, you can see a cute dog sometimes. That's true. I gotta re-add you on Snapchat now that I'm back on Snapchat. Um, see, I gotta I, go. I, gotta I, get I haven't been picks. using it for like three weeks. <laughs> Damn it. I just like I I need one less distraction from schoolwork that I'm not doing. That's fair. Well, there's still there's still plenty of rain on uh on on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not completely lacking. Well, yeah, I, I look I I'm looking forward to keeping keeping my eyes out for the Jory Zone. <laughs> oh yeah, we also have a stream coming up, huh? Yeah, I was, I was gonna say speaking speaking of the Jory Zone. Um, since this comes out May, uh, I think this is gonna be like a week before. Uh, the the charity stream that we're gonna do, which if if any of you listening remember, uh, extra life last November, there was a an incent- an, an incentive, a milestone, if you will, uh, that we would plan a different charity stream for uh, May, like halfway between Novembers, and uh, we're gonna do that. It's May twenty second, and and the question of how long we're gonna be streaming is gonna be up to you, the dear watcher. We are going to be uh, streaming, and uh, we're going to have various milestones that will uh, unlock longer streaming times. So I think it's like uh, two six-hour chunks, and I think the the whole overnight is unlocked at a dollar amount, just just to make the the overnight locked in rather than try and hit a goal at like four a.m. But yeah, uh, that's going to be at Twitch.tv/slash/TheOrangeGhost raising Amer- uh, raising money for uh, Asian Americans advancing justice. It's going to be a great time. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit more chilled out than Extra Life, but there will be a Jory Zone. It's gonna be a lot of people just kind of hanging out and uh, doing stuff. I don't even know, like the schedule is not locked down at all. Like as far as, far as uh, when we're recording this, so um, uh, Riley has some fun plans with Kerbal Space Program like during the during the start. So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very fun time. Hang out, donate, make the stream longer. Twitch.tv/TheOrangeGoves. It's gonna be called Stream Forever. Um, it's not actually going to go forever. Our, our, our out is the, the weekend because we have day jobs. Um, <laughs> anyways, what else do we, uh, I guess I should probably do my plugs. Cause I just, we just went into the stream. You can find me on Twitter, ghost of Joe, ghost of J. Oh, uh, I am still writing essays about, uh, Disney movies. Uh, but I don't know where I'll be at in May, probably the fifties. 
by now, I think, uh, which are great movies. You can talk about Cinderella is great. Uh, Sleeping Beauty is great. Uh, but you can uh, that project is called Make Mine Movies. You can uh, read the essays I'm writing at ghostofjoe.com. It'll link you to the, the, the review page. Uh, I put them out Mondays and Fridays. You can also listen to them. If you search for Make Mine Movies and your podcast apps, your Spotify's, uh, they go up basically the same time, although some apps are, are slower than others. Uh, and and uh, also by now, uh, Got It Memorized, my other podcast, will be moving on to discussing Twin Peaks, the, mu- the much-awaited uh, thing that we've always joked about doing and are finally just doing. Because <laughs> um, we're going to talk about season one of Twin Peaks before the new World Ends With You game comes out. Uh, and then after we finish that game... We'll go back to season two and uh, season three eventually, but you know, we don't probably be some kingdom hearts in between places. I don't know. The mobile game's ending. So maybe not who fucking knows, but uh, twin peaks time. I'm very excited about it. I've, I'm just reading books nonstop about fucking David Lynch and twin peaks now. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. That's got it memorized. If you're not already a listener of, uh, of that show, check it out for that. And that's, that's probably it for me. You can uh, support this show on Patreon at patreon.com slash wearewatchingop. Um, I'm going to say everyone's names that supports us here in a minute. You also get uh, bonus episodes that we do once a month. Last month, we would have done the Film Z commentary, which we haven't done yet. <laughs> Thank you to Adam B., Adam W., Andrew, Anton, Anxious Dust, Ashok, Becca, Ben, Captain Mogi, Chad, Clueless Wander, Damien, Endless Moon, Eric V, Gage, Heidi, Jay Harkins, Jackson, Jalen, Jamie Zez, Cat D, Cat F, Ken, Kyle, Logan, Lucas, Mallory, Marcus, Martin, Matthew, Mick Foley, 299, Minty, Morgan, Paulina, Peter, Rim, Riley, Roger, Ryan, Stella, Stephen K, Stephen P, Trey, and Vaitaki. I'm going to just keep saying that one different every time. Thank you. I think that's probably all the stuff to plug for the for the Patreon. You can also follow this show on Twitter at uh, We Are Watching OP, the same as the Patreon, where we retweet fan art shit posts, make shit posts, fun stuff over there. And I think uh, I think that's it. I can't. Oh, I guess you could join our Discord. There's a Discord for the whole podcast network we are on, the Orange Ghost Podcast Network. Just brought on a new show uh, covering short anime that you can feasibly knock out in a weekend called We Bekind Warriors. You check it out. The fun stuff over there. There's something with uh, decadence. I think it's how you say it. There's like a dash in between. But yeah, go check that out. Um, join the Discord. The link is at the website, uh, theorangegoats.com. Bottom of the page. And that's, that's, that's it, I think. So, Jory, it is, it is time for you to use your galaxy brain to, to tell us what happens next. <sighs> so... We we know they're gonna they're gonna rescue Caesar Clown uh, out of out of the ocean. Rescue is uh, a weird choice. <laughs> and but but there's two people who are who are inbound there. Um, one person's in a rush. The other person's like, ah, oh, fuck! I I gotta get there somehow. I guess. How do I do that? Do Flamingo is gonna is gonna show up and he's gonna be like, all right, Luffy and Law, it's time for for us to fight. And then. Luffy and Law try to fight Doflamingo, but they can't win. Zoro tries. He he he's so overpowered by Doflamingo's. I don't know hockey. He he's got to have some level of hockey, right? Uh, <laughs> At this point, he, you're not. He can't I don't fight know if him. They're gonna fight anybody who doesn't. <laughs> it, he he can't do anything. Sanji Sanji's too distracted by um 
baby five because she's finally someone who will give in to his uh his unbridled attention and everything's gonna seem lost she is a and bit of a Ku- bombshell <laughs> kuzan's gonna show up and be like ah oh, fuck robin's gonna get hurt if this guy continues and he's gonna freeze and and kill doflamingo like a sub-zero mortal Kombat fatality <laughs> and then she'll be like all right guys i'm joining the crew and then they have a they have they have a Logia <laughs> user finally. Hell yeah! Is he a Logia? I think he's a Paramecia. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, my my <laughs> my prediction was that you were gonna say that Kuzan just kills Doflamingo. So I'm glad that I was right about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll definitely be what happens next time. Uh, on the next episode of We Are Watching One Piece. So this uh, is a Logia. <laughs> it is. Yep. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> it. Fe- I never feel like he uses it like a Logia. It feels like he uses it like a Paramecia. But who? It doesn't matter i guess i guess his baby five is probably a technically a logia right i gotta know before we end this episode not baby That's shark good... jesus christ <laughs> what is baby shark what is baby shark's devil fruit it is a paramecia the arms arms fruit <laughs> great uh i'm getting an ad for uh celebrities we lost with, with this year with a picture of an actor who is very much alive uh so that's <laughs> they're gonna close that tab uh, but until next time, <laughs> to be, to be, continue. continue.